We are coming up on Halloween, and you know it is time to get spooky. We're going to do so right now with Wednesday 13. They have a brand new release called Horrifier, and it may be spooky, but I'm going to tell you, it might just be album of the year. We'll talk to Wednesday next, right here on Chris Aiken Presents. presents and i of course am chris aiken and it is a spooky one here today folks as we talk to the uh the horrifier himself mr wednesday 13 of the uh of the act wednesday 13 the, the album horrifier comes out on october the 7th it is killer and we're gonna find out all about it right now from wednesday 13 how you doing man doing good thank you for having me absolutely man well, dude, like I was telling you when we started this thing, I love this record, man. It is definitely a contender for me for album of the year. It is very, I guess a good place to start is it is so much heavier than Necrophase, at least to my ears. It is very much heavier. Did, did, did you feel like that? And and if so, why? Actually, uh, no. Um, okay. But, you know, I honestly, it's, and I'll explain, like, uh, this record for me was was such a such a different just recording process. Like it was during COVID, right. we were trying to book studios. We couldn't get into studios without everybody getting tests and flying in. It was just a, a, a big hassle. So we decided to do our the record at, at my home. We recorded okay. everything at my house. I did all the vocals at my house. All the uh, music was recorded out in my little studio garage, and. Uh, when I finished the record, uh, we didn't had no outside producers. I did every all the all the producing side of it, and when when I was finished with it, it was the first time I'd ever recorded the record. I just I didn't I couldn't judge it. I didn't know if okay. I'd made a, I didn't know if I'd made a great record. I didn't know if I'd made a heavy record. I didn't know if it was continuing with what we had done before, um, and I was literally just waiting for it to come out uh, for people like you to hear it and tell me to tell me what you think about it so uh but i'm hearing that a lot so with that being said what you're saying it's a lot heavier a lot of people are are are, are saying uh it's heavier than necrophase and not that necrophase was was that heavy but it definitely had a couple of songs like like time me a noose and and uh, uh the hearse were were pretty pretty heavy songs and uh, right. uh but i think the the latest single insides out and just how it opens the album is so pummeling. It's just sure. like, it's just like, it sounds like Godzilla coming through just, uh, this monster just destroying. And, uh, so I think that sets the tone of it. And then, uh, and then we've got some stuff, I think that kind of has classic Wednesday 13 vibes to it, but then you get into, 
stuff like hell is coming and, 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 uh, and Christine and just, uh, so yeah, it's definitely got its, it's heavy, heavy moments, but, uh, I don't know. I didn't really know how to judge it, but, uh, but I'm hearing people are saying it's heavy and that's, that's okay with me. Sure. Well, that's a good, good problem to have, I guess, is to be too, to be heavier than the last thing as a metal band, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No question. Well, man, um, obviously, as you mentioned, you worked, you worked on it, you put it together during the pandemic, crazy time for everybody. Certainly, you know, as you were saying, it, it made recording a, an absolute pain in the ass to do, but at the same time, did it did did having the isolation give you more of a more of a place to be creative where you know in in the past where you would have gone to a studio or whatever and you're you know you're on somebody's clock you may not spend as much time being creative as you could on this one yeah that was a great thing that uh, that we had with this i you know i wasn't on a clock uh i didn't have anybody telling me what to do. That was an unusual thing, you know, cause we've hired producers in the past because I wanted that input. Uh, but yeah, I, I did, we definitely had time to be, to be more creative. Um, I just, you know, just during the, just during the, the pandemic, not just, you know, like everybody else, everybody got locked down and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, but the music industry just was pummeled, you know, there was nobody mm-hmm. touring or doing anything. So, so that was pretty much knocked out. And then I had a lot of, lot of, uh, of, of tragedy and stuff, death and, and the family and friends and stuff that happened during that time. So it was a lot to, it was a lot to juggle. I, I wish I could have had that time with, with good, good feelings. You know what I mean? So right. it was a lot of, so the isolation was, was a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts up, up in my head, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. but I think that made, maybe that's what made this record sound the way it did. You know, I mean, I always feed off my emotions. I know that bleeds into the music and everything. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think this. But but the one thing I wanted to do, I, I didn't want to make a sad record. I didn't want to come right. out and make a depressing post COVID album. I wanted to make something that was fun, loud, fast paced, and horrifying. Sure. Well, and believe me, there's enough of those post pandemic dreary records out there. You know, you don't. We don't yeah. need another one. <laughs> no, not at all. Definitely. Well, dude, for you, you know, you, you've done a zillion records between Wednesday 13 and Murder Dolls and, you know, throughout your career, you've done a bunch of records at this point. Where do you find that balance between sticking kind of on brand to what you've, what you've built mm-hmm. versus trying new things and, and experimenting a little bit to grow the sound? Well, um, I think, you know, for me, uh, almost every record that I've done in the Wednesday 13 catalog is um, we experiment a little bit on, on every record. The first three, maybe not so much experimenting uh, or the first four, but like once, once I established that I had a, a solid touring and a full band, because the first, the first four, uh, first three albums, I went through different lineups. It was my first time going on tour. I was playing guitar, I was writing all of the music, all the lyrics up until probably our Dixie dead record in 2013. Um, And after that, the next record monsters, which was 2015, that's when the band really started incorporating uh, our guitarist, Ramon bringing in his, his songs. Uh, Our drummer, Kyle had just joined the band and he was such a fresh breath to us and just being this phenomenal drummer, but he was also a killer songwriter. So I was able, um, 
once they started contributing, that's when we started doing the experimenting. So the last three or four Wednesday records are some people love them. Some people don't like it because it's, it's, it's not the horror punk that it started out as. Um, but for me, man, I've, it, I, I, I love so much different music. Uh, sure. and I like to, I like to try different styles of, of things without ripping it off and just putting my own stamp at, on it. But I think at the end of the day, it's always sounded like Wednesday 13, no matter sure. what, whether it was the heaviest song, like, like insides out, for example, People hear the music of that and hear how heavy it is, but it's still got my Wednesday 13 growl. It's still got my sense of humor lyrics. Um, but, you know, for me, I was telling someone about that song yesterday uh, and they were like, it's a really heavy song. What what were you inspired by as far as lyrically? I'm like, when I first heard that song, it reminded me of when I first heard God of Thunder by Kiss okay. or, or when I first heard Captain Howdy by Twisted Sister. Sure. It was those bands were, you know, had their anthems rock and roll all night. We're not going to take it. And here was this dark, boom, almost Black Sabbath kind of thing. Right. And I love that. So that was where the inspiration from for that kind of song comes from. So, um, yeah, always, always experimenting, always still bringing my influences in, always talking about my rock and roll heroes I grew up on, like Kiss and Alice sure. Cooper, Twisted Sisters. So, uh, the formula is still, still there. And I think this album for me, um, uh, I wrote a lot of the material this time as opposed to just writing the lyrics. So I think some of these songs definitely have some earlier Wednesday 13 influence, like good day to be a bad guy or, or hideous or something like that. Right. You know, and, and one, one of the songs I did want to touch on that really, you know, shows, I think something that, that you haven't done often, really, I can't think of another song that is like this. Uh-huh. Hell is coming, very yeah. country twang to it, sort of a thing. You know, where where does that influence come from, and what made you decide to to kind of put that twang into this song? Well, and on the past couple of records, it was a song we had on the uh, on the Skeletons record. It was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre influence thing, and that's a you know Texas country Southern thing. So we had like slide guitar on it and. So on this record, I was thinking, you know, we haven't did that in a while. Uh, right. You know, had a song that kind of had a almost twangy, like you said, cowboy kind of vibe to it. Uh, and I was watching a bunch of old cowboy movies over <laughs> over the pandemic and cool. sitting around playing my guitar. And I came up with with that riff. And it also reminded me of Danzig a bit, uh, some of the earlier Danzig records. Of, uh, sure. uh, and uh, it just came about. And then I went, and then when I started playing the riff with our guitarist for mine. He just, he took it and, and that's how it ended up being. So it's such a cool, weird, uh, it's almost kind of got a ACDC hell's bells kind of mixed in with Danzig's twist of cane. If I could explain it, that makes right. sense. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, well, Wednesday, the first song that you released for, with for everybody to check out was you're so hideous. Uh, cool video, very, very fun, very you, very you guys. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the about the video more than the song itself, because the video, the video is straight out of a horror movie, man. <laughs> yeah, that was the goal. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, unfortunately, when we when we filmed that video, we had everything was on such a schedule, and uh, our our band is kind of scattered out throughout the U.S. and the world. Our guitarist sometimes, but this summer he was 
he was living in Sweden. Uh, so when it came time to do the video, I knew I wasn't going to have the full band there. So I was like, all right, what can I, I got to make a great video. What can I do? And I was trying to find something lyrically with that song that would fit, you know, it's, it's something that's hard to paint the picture with that sometimes. I got the song figured out, but what's the, you know, and I was thinking first, oh, this song sounds like, you know, I, I call this song like a modern day Medusa song, you know, a girl turns and looks at a guy, someone and turns them to stone. And I was like, fuck, how can I pull off a Medusa video? That's going to, I need some, I need some big bucks for that. I can't do that. <laughs> and I was literally watching the exorcist uh, on TV when I was thinking about this and I looked over and I'm like, I could just do this. You know, she's pretty hideous in this. I could, <laughs> what if I'm the priest and I'm coming in and I'm trying to, and that's where the whole idea came from. And I'm such a, big fan of the exorcist i had a tattoo of, of of her you know and uh hit my video director up and said can we pull this off without making it look hokey and funny let's make it kind of serious if we're going to do it it can't be campy even though right. it is even though it is funny to watch me get vomit vomit thrown on me uh, <laughs> but we but we kept the vibe and when, once i saw the finished product i was I was blown away. I mean, if you match it up to the to the movie, like we got the lighting, we got the vibe, and the actress, the, the girl in the video. I mean, she's the star of the whole thing, and none none of that is special effects. She was a contortionist, so all those moves and everything wow. she's doing is her natural ability to do all of that. Wow. Uh, so it was it was great. You know, we took all the good stuff out of the what I liked in The Exorcist. We got the vomit scene. We got the you know, her doing her weird stuff in the bed. And then at the end, right. I, I jump out the window to my death. So <laughs> very nice. Well, I'll tell you what, Wednesday, why don't we, um, why don't we let people uh, see a little bit of this? We'll, we'll give them a little taste of You're So Hideous, the first video from Wednesday 13's brand new release, Horrifier, which is out on October 7th. <laughs> That was your so hideous brand new video from Wednesday 13 from the album Horrifier, which is out on October the 7th. And Wednesday, uh, it's not surprising that everything about this release has that little bit of creep factor that it has been you. And I wanted to focus in a little bit on the, the cover art, which is... Yeah, I'm right going to say the best. Yeah. Behind you. I, I can put it on the screen as well. It's right there. So people can see the whole thing. Yeah. It is, it is fresh out of hell. Really? I mean, it's, it's got some, it, it's, it's just a, I, I was trying to pinpoint it. And I was like looking at like King diamond stuff and I was looking King at like some, there. But and, and and like it, little motor head. <laughs> For me, what it was, my my artist, uh, Johnny Bush, who killed it on this artwork. And sure. Um, 
this is inspired from from me being a fan of the Masters of the Universe uh, line. This is my version of Snake Mountain, Castle Grayskull from that, uh, from that. And once the artist, actually, he didn't even realize it. Once he drew the carriage in at the bottom, I went, holy shit, you just made this He-Man meets, <laughs> meets King right. Diamond. Uh, and it was just a little bit of everything, you know, and it just makes you... You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for album covers. I still make it one of them as big of a priority as the music. Uh, and I want something that captures people. And this cover captures your imagination and it makes you want to open it up and go, what is this? What's, what right. is this about? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't give it away right away. It makes you want to open it up. And uh, throughout the record, it feels like you're kind of going through every room and, and castle uh, throughout the castle of this. And, uh, and our latest video uh, uh, for uh, Insides Out almost looks like we're playing inside of this place. So we've created the. So yeah, it just it all it all tied together. But this is absolutely one of my 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 best album covers I think uh, to date. It certainly is. Now, now, man, you've been out there on tour, and it's a different animal now. But you know, with COVID subsiding, I don't want to say COVID's over, but with it subsiding, seems yeah. like it's very different out there. I know it's different the way that you have to interact with fans and backstages and all that other stuff. But um, from the shows that I've been to so far, the one thing that I'm noticing is there's a lot less people going. You know, it just seems like it's harder to convince people to get out there. What are you seeing? Are you seeing like less people or were, did you go in expecting to see less people or, or am I just crazy? And it's just the shows I've been um, to. Well, for us, uh, like I said, we're literally just about four or five days into this tour. So it's right. kind of hard to judge right now because the areas we just went through were not like our normal areas. Okay. Like, you know, like uh, we went through like El Paso, Lubbock, Texas, Oklahoma City. The show got canceled. Uh, uh, and then we were in Arkansas. So there's some places we really haven't played. Um, they were smaller, smaller crowds, but the tour we just did three months ago, that was our first tour since the pandemic and our audience had doubled. Oh, great. Uh, and our merchandise had doubled. Everything was like, you know, like what happened, you know? So it's, it's kind of too early for me to tell because we're not really in the areas yet where, uh, I'll be able to tell that yet. But to me, I mean, from my point of view, it kind of seems like everybody's coming out to the shows because they haven't been to shows in, a, in such a long time. And, sure. uh, and especially for me, because I took the two years off. And also before that, I was a support band for the, the three years before we went up for COVID. So this is the first Wednesday 13 headline. It's also a 20 years kind of greatest hit thing. So I kind of have a little more to offer than just, Hey, I'm in town playing tonight, you know? Right. So, sure. so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I hope, I, I hope it continues when, you know, the next, we have the day off today, obviously, but, um, I, I hope the shows continue like on the last tour and there's people coming out and, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. It's always a scary, it's a gamble to come out on the road, you know, cause I know what we got to pay no matter what. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's, that's, I, and I mean, that's, that is actually causing some major bands to not be out there is the cost right now, the cost and the ability to find buses and to find support and gear and everything. It seems like everything's a lot harder to do it right now. 
How was it for you guys to book the tour? Was it, you know, there's a lot less venues to play now. There's everybody and their brothers out at the same time. Was it any more difficult? Nah, uh, the only thing that's, that uh, was difficult, I think, not really for us, we got lucky, uh, is a lot of people were running out of buses because uh, there's so right. many tours. So I know that really happened in Europe. We kind of had a little problem with that for a bit, but we got it worked out. Um, I just try to book everything in advance and, and, and we had a lot of stuff like I already, I already had from the COVID thing, I'd already put deposits on buses that got canceled. So luckily I was able to maintain a bus for us to go to Europe and do all that stuff. Uh, as far as booking shows, nothing's really changed with that. There are some okay. venues that didn't survive COVID. Uh, there were some venues I'm glad didn't survive COVID because they were terrible. <laughs> right. So <laughs> some of those places just shouldn't do shows. Uh, we played them, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't seem that different to me. I don't, I don't act with my fans like COVID or anything. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not right. even my, you know, it's, I'm doing what I've always done until, uh, until someone tells me otherwise. <laughs> right on. Definitely makes sense. Now, now, obviously that the last, the previous tour was the one that you did in tribute to Joey Jordison, which, you know, obviously still, you know, what a year, year plus later is still such a huge loss and such a, you know, so it's really, I don't know, you, you probably have a very different perspective than I do. I mean, I, I met Joey a few times. I certainly didn't know Joey. I, you know, met him, did interviews, blah, blah, blah. I am surprised to this day in a way how much he really inspired a whole generation of people to pick up drumsticks and play. You know, I, I guess I just didn't, I mean, I knew Slipknot was great and I loved him and I loved what he did, but I never thought of it that way as that he was, you know, the, the John Bonham of the, of the early two thousands. And he kind of was, you know, what, as somebody that knew him and obviously did band, did the band with him and whatnot, what was the reaction that you got on on the tribute tour with like people coming up to you and saying, yeah, it was you guys or it was Joey that got me into music or got me into playing? Did you have a lot of that? Oh, I I mean, I get that bef- before he passed, you know, okay. I mean, you know, but uh, but definitely people, uh, you know, talk to me all the time. I'm, and on this tour, we're still doing the same tribute thing as Joey. Right. We have a we have a three song section in the set where we play murdered all songs and we dedicate the, the, the thing to him. Uh, but uh, I realized a long time ago what, what Joey had done as far as, as just being a phenomenal drummer and what, what I call uh, he changed the game. He was a game mm-hmm. changer. You didn't hear people play drums like that before him. It just was not there. He, he took, he took it to, to, to a new level now. And now, all you hear is Joey Jordison drumming style uh, right. on everything. But what I'm saying is what I knew a long time ago that Joey was a good drummer when we would be, you know, on tour with murder dolls or be uh, at an award show and someone like uh, uh, Dave Grohl coming up to Joey, just almost nervous going, sure. Yeah, you're, your drumming is and just praising him. You know, he was like Eddie Van Halen of, of drums. And then, you know, uh, Charlie Benante from Anthrax, another amazing drummer, right? One of my sure. favorite 
coming up, just asking Joey, just sitting there asking him, how, how do you, how do you do this? How do you do that beat? How do you do this? Um, just always this constant people, uh, you know, coming by and just, you know, telling him how good he was. And I'm looking at it going, I can't believe he just, <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I, I knew a long time ago. And then when he, and then when he passed, you know, you really saw how much the world loved him with all the people speaking out. I mean, I think everybody from Ozzy to whoever said something about him. Sure. You know, he was, uh, dude, he was, a, he was a legend. He still is. And, you mm -hmm. know, he's the reason I'm able to do what I do today. And I learned so much from him and I still think about him on a daily basis. And, sure. uh, you know, he was, uh, he was a very, very big part of my life. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned Eddie Van Halen and I, and I think there's a difference between the two and I'm certainly not comparing one to the right. other, but, but I, I think with Eddie Van Halen, the, the talent was the only thing with him because really nobody knew him outside of the playing, you know, right. with Joey, right. Joey was much more of a personality too, to at least in my interactions with him and seeing him on tour and seeing the way he interacted with people. He was just much, he was much more of a person. He was like a combination of a dime bag and an Eddie Van Halen. If you could kind of yeah, mesh yeah. the two, did, did, do you see it that way? Or do you think it was just strictly the talent and the, everybody yeah. looked at him and were just like, Whoa, I don't think, it, I don't think a lot of people knew the, the other side of Joey, like just this, he's just a funny, yeah. always were that's why he and i got along i made him laugh all the time and he made me and i when i would make him laugh it made me laugh um uh but he's a really funny outgoing dude um you know but he also you know he wasn't just behind the drum kit you know in murder dolls he was the yeah. guitar player so he got mm -hmm. to come out front so you got to see two different sides of him you know and all the other projects and bands he's played with from Satyricon, Corn to, to Rob Zombie. Um, you know, he's just, he had it. He had stuff. Right. He had it. It was in his DNA. He was built to be a rock and roll star, and he, he was, and he lived every minute of it. Right on. Well, man, you're obviously out on tour, and you're going to, I'm assuming you're going to be, you're going to tour well past the release of the record. So what do the tour plans look like? after October 7th, when the record comes out and, you know, into 2023? Uh, we're, we're on tour, uh, now until December 1st. Uh, wow. so this is, you know, this is the U S for six weeks and then four weeks in Europe. Uh, okay. and then we'll take a break break for Christmas. And, uh, we've kind of found touring in January is not the best anywhere because of weather. Uh, sure. and, but sometimes we go to Australia then. And that's usually, so that's on the list of ideas. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be non nonstop touring and, and hopefully there's no major world event that shuts the world down again. And uh, we can get back, get the momentum going again and get back on tour because we used to tour, you know, eight months out of the year. So um, I think that's what next year is going to look like all, but yeah. not just us. I, I'm, you know, South America, Mexico, every, you know, we're trying to get, get it back where we haven't been in a while and to, and to some places that we've never been ever like South America. Very cool, man. Well, the new album for everybody that 
you all need to buy, and I do mean buy, don't just stream it, buy it, do these guys a favor, give them the money to get out, stay out there. Uh, it is Wednesday 13, it is Horrifier, it's out on October the 7th, and uh, Wednesday, where should we tell people to go to keep up with tour dates and you guys and, you know, release and buy it and all that stuff? Uh, my main website is officialwednesday13.com, and that has the links to everything uh to our instagram page facebook uh napalm records is uh is having the pre-order right now for the record i'm not sure if it's if it's still available but we had a limited edition a ouija board uh, oh, wow. uh for this release that comes with a ouija board and the planchet and the whole thing but i don't know if i think it may have sold out already but uh but there's a couple different versions so off that you can go to napalm site there's a couple bundles and things um, and we'll be on tour when the album comes out in Toronto, Canada. Cool. So come out to that CD release show and get the record there at the merch table and get it autographed and all that. So, uh, yeah. And then wherever else you if people stream music, you can stream it. But I always say, get the record. We put so much work into this artwork. You, you have sure. you have to see it. You, you need to hold it. It's like the right. Necronomicon. <laughs> very nice well one more time it is a horrifier it is new stuff from wednesday 13 out on october 7th and wednesday thanks so much for joining me here on chris aiken presents thank you for having me